You're listening to The Powerful Creator Show with your host, Cheryl Sosnowski. If you can conceive it and believe it, you can achieve it. And now, here's your host, Cheryl Sosnowski. Thank you for joining me here on the Powerful Creator Show. Good morning, Cheryl. Thank you for having me. So excited to talk to you. So before we get started, I always like to ask everybody the same question, and I would love to know and for you to tell everybody who's listening what it means to you to be a powerful creator. Okay. Uh, I told myself I wouldn't get nervous, and here I am. So the the first time I thought about answering that question um, came to mind is the word ineffable. Mm. And do you know that word? Mm -hmm. So I learned that word in 2015. So I had to look it up and then I was kind of amazed to see what it, see what it meant. So for me at first, a powerful creator, um, I had no words. I was mortified and it was, it was the taboo version of ineffable. How dare I consider myself a powerful creator? So I sat with it. And the other flip side of ineffable is to be in awe. There are no words. To, to speak of something. Mm-hmm. And back then I drew up um, on the fly an image because I was starting to nurture my creative side. And the powerful creator, um, it's amazing. It's an absolute pure joy. It's love. It comes down to not necessarily the artistic uh, creative side as we typically know it, mm-hmm. but any part of someone's life that you wish to engage in and actually see it come to fruition. It's a powerful thing. It's beautiful. It makes me cry. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's, that is really beautiful. And it's like, it is, it's that ripple effect. And we talked about that before about how that you never know what one thing you say is going to impact somebody else and impact their life. And it is like, we're always being powerful creators in that way. Yes. And it can go both directions. So we have to be very, very mindful of how we are creating and how powerful it is in either direction. Yeah. For me, it's that intentionality that is behind what drives what you're doing. Yeah. And what you're saying, like that's the energy that's behind it. So you mentioned briefly about it, not getting being like specifically creative or as people would define creative, but mm-hmm. that you'd have tapped it back into your creative side. So let's talk a little bit about your past and where you came from. And if you've ever been in a space of feeling like you're not creative and not a creator. Yes. So as a young girl, I grew up in South Dakota. Um, It was probably mid thirties before I realized the depths of art that ran through my family on both sides of the house. So my mom grew up in Holland. My dad grew up in South Dakota on a farm. And while that doesn't sound very creative, uh, he would do woodworking. He bought the lathe, he had the whole wood shop, and he created the staircases, the railings, the mantles on the fireplace, um, you name it, he could whip it up. And, and he also had this eye for putting everything together. So while I was growing up, I didn't appreciate that. I had no understanding whatsoever. My mom, she was great with interior design. She always had this really beautiful rusts and golds and burgundies and I had no idea how creative and artistic that was. And we grew up in this, you know, 15,000 people in in South Dakota, this town. And I didn't realize how much we stuck out like a sore thumb. (laughs) 
opportunity until my sister, my, one of my sisters was doing some psychology research. And she says, I had this dawned on me uh, thinking back on the things that we were reliving in our lives as adults and what we were like growing up in this. It, it was, it was just kind of uh, eye opening. So um, what does it mean for me? Well, it was in my, I was in corporate um, 23 year career total for probably uh, 20, 2000 and 2005 and six, I started, well, my job was kind of winding down a little bit and um, I needed to do something more fun for myself and started playing around on PowerPoint and making these mandalas. And at one time I was at home visiting and my mom was talking about how she used to draw, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking, you, you draw, you're an artist. She says, yeah. I said, I don't, I've never seen you do anything before. So I went to the copy machine, grabbed out a piece of a copy paper and set it down in front of her on the kitchen table and handed her a pen. I said, will you please draw me something, anything. So she drew this, um, this woman, you know, like back in the, the Western days in the salons with the headdress and this beautiful side shot, just whipped it up in a matter of minutes. And I, I was in awe. And I'm just going to fast forward a little bit later in my adult life. I found out she was in the circus. I knew she did ballet because she wanted us to try that as children. And I hated it. I just hate it. And we tried tap dancing. I hated it. <laughs> tap dancer. <laughs> so what an interesting history to discover about your mom. That's so fun. Yeah. So this was, um, she was in the circus. She did her ballet and some sideshow dancing at the circus in France and Belgium her and her younger sister, and they were um, in between the main acts. They would come out with the elephants and the horses, and they were the ones. I said, I, I was just, I was sad that I didn't know that at a younger age, but I was so delighted to hear about that later. And it kind of made me feel like validated because I kind of understand where all this energy is coming from, that it's in my DNA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So what does your creative journey look like now? Where are you at now in your whole exploration of the creative and the creator in you? Uh, I decided before my corporate journey ended that I would find a way to be creative. I've always loved ceramics, uh, was new to drawing. I hadn't practiced it long enough. I was in, you know, as a youngster, I did some drawing and I was decent, but I never practiced it. And then um, I want to share how art saves lives and how art makes life feel uh, like we can endure it Mm. with joy and not always the sadness and the things that we do see. And I want us, I want people to break out of, um, you know, I'm not the artist. I'm not the creative person. I said, well, humans, in my opinion, we're, we're creators by nature and we lost it at such a young age. It's sad And as an adult woman, I had to challenge myself once to draw a childlike image. And it was really hard to do it. I had to literally, I had to literally um, kind of go into this uh, meditative state for a few minutes to just allow myself to be weird, wacky. And I came up with this thing and started out to look like a a dog, I think. Horses are hard to draw. So I said, well, maybe I could do a horse. Now let's stick with a dog. Um, the short version is it ended up looking like, uh, well, I called it Pog Jeramel. <laughs> There's a pig in there. There's a dog, a giraffe, and a camel. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. 
So um, it happens to be one of my more favorite pieces. <laughs> oh my gosh. How, well, you know, I think Picasso is the one who said it took him a lifetime to learn to draw like a child. And that's like, because yeah. it's hard. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to let go and get into that, that genius of simplicity. Yeah. And then I had to be courageous enough to actually show someone else that I did it. That I'm still an adult woman, but I actually went there. Yeah. Yeah. And not feel shame or judgment. Yeah. Oh my so God. Other people, that's my journey right now is I want to bring, I want to bring all of that together for others who have, you know, probably felt the same at some time in their life, which no doubt most of us have, uh, you know, un- unless you, you nurtured that part of you from a young age, if you had the, the family structure and support to do it. Yeah. Let's talk about the journey because, um, I mean, I know you personally in real life and you're here in Phoenix and um, our paths have intersected quite a few times along yeah. these years. And it's really interesting how that keep, you know, keep weaving in and out of someone's life. And um, I just think it's so interesting. And I'm sure, you know, when you see somebody for a long time and you watch their journey and you watch their path and then your lines intersect again and you're both on this growth trajectory. And it's almost like you're growing like this, right? And then occasionally you're like, Whoop, oh, hi, hi. And we start talking. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, me too. So let's yeah. talk about like, because when you, you know, about being on the podcast, you said, I don't know if I'm like settled enough or in a place enough. And so I want to talk about that for people who are listening who are, I'm like, A, there's nowhere to get to. So I think it's important to talk about that whole process of where you are and that process of creation and how it's messy in the middle. It's always messy in the middle. And so let's talk about the messy in the middle. Well, thank you for the reminder. And thank you for being present so that I feel comfortable doing this. Mm-hmm. You know how comfortable... I have been that journey. Uh, it's, it's been interesting, especially the year. I, I don't like to keep dwelling on the climate we're in. So I just call it the 2020, you know, the climate we're in right now, because I want to stay positive. And even though there's been a lot of destruction that's come out of that, it's challenged so many people. Um, um, see, this is me getting nervous again on that journey. Well, I had to dig really deep to feel confident enough. I guess there's a little bit of this worthiness when it comes down to feeling like the weight of the world is on your shoulders or feeling like what you're doing is stupid. You know, all of these old conditions that some of us have, um, it's just, just to continue to step up and bust through that. That's, that's so key. And it's, Art seems to be the fun way, the easiest way to do that. And that is still such a new concept for the masses, in my opinion. I mean, I'm one of those people. It's not all been that long ago. You know, 2007, uh, it feels like a really long time ago, but it's really not. And and then boom, here it is. You know, it's right where we're at. So um, thinking about corporate before my job ended and I started playing around um, 2007 is the year my father became ill and th- th- I couldn't, I couldn't do any more self-destructive things to deal with the pain and everything that was going on in my life. Right. So um, <laughs> sorry. Okay. So I decided that I had to go, I was visiting in South Dakota and I decided I need to go to the art store. I, and it was Walmart maybe because Walmart was new ish back then in a small town. There was a Ben Franklin. If anybody's heard of Ben Franklin, mm-hmm. I just picked up some polymer clay and started playing. And, um, and then I realized how much joy it brought to me. And then I started realizing I had these hidden talents. I had no idea I could do some of these things. It was really bizarre. So that really lifted me up. Now I had some family members who weren't quite uh, sure about where's, how come you're behaving like this now? I don't understand. That's not normally how you respond to a situation. 
And I said, I just decided I, I have to do something positive for myself. So that's really where it kind of got anchored in. And then I invited some friends over and we'd sat at the table at mom's house and we all started making these really cool jewelry and um, bracelets and necklaces and stuff. So um, yeah, that's, I guess, the short version of, of the journey. And I've just been going ever since I've gone through, since then. I um, I'm kind of, I forgot some of these things because I've been preoccupied. Um, the polymer clay turned into a concept for this heart series. So I had uh, a, a model of the polymer clay and um, I put these beads in it. So when you shook it, you could hear, and it was to remind you what's in your heart. Mm. Okay. So then I went and found, um, wow, this is really coming back. huh? <laughs> I found a woman who uh, cast silver sterling silver. So then I turned this polymer clay idea and she did the lost wax. Um, method and created a mold. And then I had 14 of those made. They're one solid ounce of sterling silver with the beads and you shake them. They're just beautiful. I, I have one on my keychain. Oh. It's that it's every day it's with me. And then every once in a while, I just give it a little shake. And that turned into, and how can I reach more people? Because not everybody can afford to buy uh, or cares to wear a statement piece. It's, 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 you know, I don't know. It's the size of a 50 cent piece probably. Okay. And, uh, that turned into essential oils. And so that got me into aromatherapy. And then I created a line of seven that was called sentiment soul. And um, it had on the labels and I got to design this from beginning to end. It was, it was quite a journey. And I even contacted some people about mass production and what that would take. And this was before it blew up. So I'm thinking, you know, who am I to do this? And nobody's going to buy it. And am I ready? I'm still in corporate. I'm too young to leave my job. All, All those questions went on, but man, um, that opened up a whole new world in, in my asking, I've never stuck with something. It was three years in, I have not sat with something this long ever in my life, considering a quote unquote project. Oh, there's something here. There's something going on here for me. So then I realized I didn't want to be into pr- in the production mode. Um, I wasn't again in a space where I could spend the thousands of dollars it's going to take to engage the entire uh, process of getting this to market. And uh, I shifted that into finding an art studio. And then I said, well, how about I just find a small space? Well, you know, I'm, I'm not an artist. I'm not this, I'm not that. And where am I going to do it? And then I felt like I had to ask for permission. Um, and then my job came to an end and I got to travel for a year. And that was amazing. I call it, what do I call it? The, um, the epic road trip summer of 2014. And it was epic. It was epic. <laughs> I loaded up my U-Haul. I put in, um, in the meantime, I tried out for some uh, roller derby. I made fresh meat for six months. I ended up injured on the night of our skills test. And so I decided I was 46 years old. I was old enough to know better, but young enough to still do it. Love and it. it was a bucket list item for me. And it was just a Sunday night. Found out they had trial. Just went. In fact, I didn't even tell Chris for... I, I didn't tell anybody I was going because I didn't want to hear, are you crazy? Like, well, maybe I am, but I need to do this, right? So anyway, back to the U-Haul. So I packed it up with my all things wheels. I had a motorcycle, my rollers, my roller skates, my bicycle, and all my art supplies. And the reason this is kind of comical is because um, just the year before I had signed up to do um, an event where you paint outdoors in front of the public. I've never painted before. I'm thinking, why am I signing up for something I've never done before? <laughs> and not only that, it was supposed to be a four by six canvas. 
Okay, so I've never painted before, and I'm going to agree to do this, and I have no idea what I'm doing. I've still finished in some walls. I've done some things like that, but I've never taken the paint and the paintbrushes and worked on a canvas. And it's, you take some of the concepts, but it's a completely different right. process. So uh, it turned out to be a three, four by eight. It turned out to be a three by six instead. I'm like, well, no, it's still huge. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't get it finished. I had stage fright, but the friend who was with me, um, uh, he was in the same boat I was and he'd never painted either. So I ended up taking all of my skills that I had from the full finishing and helping him. And he got his done, but I didn't get mine done in three days. It was a three day event. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> right. So back to the U-Haul. So I decided I'm going to go on this massive road trip. It's supposed to be a month, month and a half. And I'm going to go back to South Dakota and kind of revisit my roots because when I lived there, I was young enough to not really appreciate it as an adult. I just wanted the hell out. And I moved to Arizona. So this time in my life, I went back home. Mom's going to be my home base. I'm going to see my family. and I'm going to take many road trips from there. So in this U-Haul, I'm like, I have to bring all of my art supplies. Everything I own, markers and paints and my new watercolors and you name it is in there, including my three by six. <laughs> and I shoved that in between my bicycle and my motorcycle. I'm like, and I have my dog. <laughs> so... It was, it was just an epic trip. And uh, when I got, I was um, almost home and I saw an advertisement for a 500 square foot space near Grand Avenue. And I thought I got to do it because my poor husband at the time is dealing with my rooms, my little art studios within the house. And it was, I was busting out. It was, it was not comfortable because it's like, can I have my table back, please? I would really like to have the kitchen table back. Why don't you go into your art studio in the back bedroom? Well, because it's full right now. So I got to come out here. <laughs> so I took everything I had. I brought it down to the studio. I stayed there for, I think, a year and a half. I did a focus group on a concept and how can I introduce what this has done for me to the, up to, to the masses. And um, it was, it was well-received. I even did um, a questionnaire. It had 80 questions on it. Eight zero. Wow. I was very thorough on the different ways that maybe people could think. And how would it be received if, and so that day while they were there, um, I had the different, uh, the polymer clay, I had the markers and the paints. And um, I said, okay, you all get to choose whichever one you want to play with today. And I'll be here to guide you because I've got some knowledge in all these different areas. I mean, I'm not an expert at any one of them, but I'll get you somewhere. So they all three did something different and it was amazing. And they had just a really juicy day. I love when you use that word, by the way. So I've, been, I've picked up on that. Thank you. You're awesome. Um, it was, it really was really amazing. So uh, then I was on the hunt for a bigger space and how to bring this to the public. And now I have done that. And back to the journey of that creative journey for me. Um, it's really important when people talk about stepping in and fulfilling their dreams and what's your passion, because it's much deeper than that. There's the everyday conditioning that we have to focus on, on the little bits of chatter back here. And, you know, something I've heard posed a different way lately is who is it that's popping up into your mind when you become fearful of something? And I had someone who's been popping up a lot. And just a few days ago, I realized even though that person has been popping up, it has nothing to do with that person. It has everything to do with something else. This person happened to be front and center for a while. And that poor person was getting all that energy. And it's like, okay, whoa, I'm sorry. I understand now where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. And the reason I mentioned that is I have been halted in my tracks. I've had three soft openings and 
And uh, I would say two of those were mostly out of my control, but there were so many life events that come up. I said, I can't emotionally manage this anymore. I've stepped into so many things I'm spent. And then there's the time for self-care and recovery. And how do we handle that? And who do we reach out to? And who are we comfortable with? And it goes on and on. So all of that in this big mixed bag is what I'm offering, I believe, from my heart at the studio. And I want people to feel comfortable and safe. And I want them to just be happy <laughs> and experience joy. We build our communities like this, you know? 100%. 100%. And I honestly, one of my favorite things about you is your complete authenticity. You're one of those people that when I'm with you and when I'm around you, when I'm talking to you, there's just no BS. There's no wall there. There's no, there's no fakeness. You're just you all the time. You're always showing up as yourself. And I love that and appreciate that about you. And another thing in listening to your story, I didn't know a lot of this and it's really fun because (laughs) I'm seeing you as being like this bird that you're constantly willing to just leap from the nest. And you're like, I don't know. I'm just, I just feel like I'm going to fly. I don't know where, where I'm going to land, but I'm doing it. And yeah. there's a, so, so to me, there is a certain level of deep bravery. It sounds like that you have that lives within you. Would you say that that's accurate? I would. Thank you. And if you don't mind me sharing a little story, because I think it's on point with everything else. And for whoever's listening, who might be afraid themselves, mm-hmm. I was, um, When I first moved here, I was 21 and I met one of my cousins who I'd never met before. He was living here. He was going to school here. So that was cool being introduced to Phoenix. And then with his circle of friends, they did a lot of hiking, backpacking, and they would do some rock repelling. So I was invited for a Thanksgiving tradition of theirs to rock repel. I've never done that before. And uh, I was scared shitless. And it was only a 40 foot drop. That's it. But you know, anybody who's in the Phoenix area, there's Pinnacle Peak. Mm-hmm. So you go up this, you go up, and then there's this rock that jets out. You have to kind of climb up over around that to get up. Now, I'm thinking, uh, no, no. Well, I don't know how long it took for us to get up there, but they finally did it, right? And I'm trusting all of them to put the gear on and to make sure it's secure. I have no idea what I'm doing. So we get up there, and we're at the top. And it's only 40 foot to the next drop, but it's a straight drop. It took me 15 minutes to step out. I was crying, trying not to cry at that point. And then I stepped out. And once you actually do it and drop down, piece of cake, it's nothing. But when my foot hit the, when I, my feet hit the ground, I was literally, that's when I was really crying. So didn't think much about that besides, yeah, I did it. You know, and then we sat up there and had our sandwiches on the big rock. So fast forward again to in my late forties. I find the picture someone took while I'm standing on the rock and I'm gearing up. I'm putting them on like a pair of pants. I cried like a baby because I had no idea how courageous I've been my whole life. I had no idea. So anybody out there who's thinking that they don't have the courage within them, just take a pet, just take a step back, you know, give yourself some credit and, and not in an egotistic way, but just, just realize that we've all been through some things and they're different levels, different ways. I'm shaking. It's just amazing. So when I realized that about myself, I decided I'm not, I'm definitely going to keep going. Mm. Oh my gosh. That's Ooh, you made me, the first thing that popped to my mind when you said that is that we need to learn as individuals to celebrate our small victories. And then, you know, somebody else might too, with those guys, that's probably like not a big deal doing that all the time and every day, but to you, it was very brave. And we've all had those experiences where if you 
stop and look back and you step out of comparison mind and out of not appreciating yourself to celebrate those small victories. They're huge and they can be small. I mean, for someone, I remember being in a space of such depression and darkness that a small victory was getting up and taking a shower and not being disgusting. And it's like that. And that's a small victory. And it takes bravery to push yourself to do something you literally don't feel like doing. And so that's, you know, we, I think that we all as people need to celebrate those things. And the healing power of art is something that I also know intimately mm-hmm. and agree with you a million percent on. Mm-hmm. And so let's tell people where they can find you and what your studio is and what's the best way to get in touch with you. What classes I really can't wait to do your ceramics again, because I've never done them, but I love your style and how you do it mm-hmm. and definitely want to come and do that with you myself. Great. That would be, that would be fun. Yeah. That is how we met was in the art arena, the yeah. art circles. Yeah. Um, and it turns out we have a lot of other like interests as interests as well. Yeah. Uh, so 3232 North 16th street is, um, just South of Osborne, two blocks. And what I love about it is on the corner of flower street. 16th and flower 16th and flower. Yes. And I'm currently temporary closed for the climate that we're in right now, the 2020 climate mm-hmm. <laughs> and I need to be doing some travel for family. So I've decided to not open up right away. Um, but I'm also working on some online. I want to do an online course to see if I can't get some of this um, art incorporated into enjoying our life, have that online and available and I'm kind of dead center in that right now. Mm-hmm. So my plan is January 1st of the year, 2021 is I will officially uh, right now it's by appointment only, but I want to open the doors back up on the regular in uh, probably the second week of January after the holidays. Ah, that would be wonderful. Yeah, and my name of your studio is? I'm sorry. Oh, Lively Mind Art Studio. And I love your new logo. Thank you. For those, those who know me, Lively Mind, there's a lot going on in here. <laughs> and I decided with all of the things that I have available, um, uh, that's one way to get it out. So art, art for me helps to calm my lively mind. Yes. Yes. And then I'm hoping that this gives you the Zen component of what it does for us. You know, we've got these lively minds, but we can Zen it up. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I swear I could talk to you for another 30 minutes, but I like to keep my podcast at about 30 minutes for people who are so busy and to glean out of it what they can. And I think, I feel like the message today is feel the fear and do it anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. And celebrate your small victories and how beautiful life is and what an adventure it is. It's an adventure. Thank you, Cheryl. This is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I just, I love talking to you. Thanks for being here with me. Okay. Thanks. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. You've been listening to the powerful creator show with Cheryl Sosnowski. Subscribe at iTunes or go to powerfulcreatorshow.com and join our email list. So you never miss a future episode. Have a powerfully creative day.